and welcome to today's episode of the Sunday Soother Advice Cast. This is a mini podcast where I answer questions from readers of my Sunday Soother newsletter. And I answer questions on everything from how to meditate to what books to read on developing a more spiritual life to how to change your career without losing your identity and more. Those are some upcoming topics that we will be dealing with. And today we are dealing on a question that I think is totally relevant to literally everybody in the entire world. That may be a little bit hyperbolic, but I think it's true. It's a question about how to find community. I think that's at the heart of what a lot of people are looking for today, the heart of why a lot of people are interested in this and they see there. Sort of gives them a sense to think a little bit more strategically or holistically about finding a community and what it means to be part of a community or part of a world. And I think it's a great question for all of us to think a little bit more strategically about. But before I sort of get into talking about the question and reading it and answering it, I wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I don't think I introduced myself. I'm Catherine. I'm your host. I am a writer and editor living in Washington, D.C. And by day, I write and edit, you know, as my job. But by night, I do this podcast and I also write the Sunday Soother newsletter, which drops every Sunday and talks about practical ways to access spirituality and meaning in your life. I also do a lot of stuff like think about my chakras and sheet masks and, you know, what am I going to pick up at Trader Joe's today? So living a pretty normal life here in Washington, D.C. Um, so every Sunday, this podcast and a Facebook video uh, series drops and I answer questions from readers like you. And if you want your question to be answered on this advice cast, please ask. I'm running a little bit low on questions right now, so I would love to hear what you're thinking about. Just head to tinyletter.com slash candrews to find the link. Or you can email me at kathdandrews at gmail.com. Or you can even submit a voicemail to 202-525-6558. Or if you happen to be watching this on Facebook, just post on the page or drop your question in the comments if you feel comfortable. You can also find all those links and things I just mentioned at instagram.com slash katherineandrews. Okay, with that, we are going to jump right into this big old community question. It's a very thoughtful question but a pretty big topic. Our reader writes, how do I intentionally connect with a community that shares my values, goals, and interests? That can entail creating it or just identifying it and actually going. Most people can think of something but don't go. So what are the barriers to going? Are these barriers real or perceived? And how do we overcome them? Isolation or feeling isolated from one's current peer group seems to be at the root of a lot of anxiety and depression. This question is more of an aggregate, but it is something I feel in my own life, too. What a good question, reader. Thank you so much for asking it. And I feel uniquely positioned to answer it as I have spent the past 48 hours in my home, sick, alone, in a bathrobe, watching Netflix, sort of yelling at the TV. So (laughs) my sense of community was a little bit affected by that. I sort of feel like also it's like you know, an alternate reality of what Donald Trump's day-to-day looks like. Lots of <laughs> alone alone time in a bathroom screaming. Anyways, yeah, <laughs> this is a tough question to answer. And it's also sort of, I was kind of depressed by it when I was doing research to answer this a little more thoughtfully. I was Googling around for resources on how to build a community. And all I could find was articles on how to build and grow like social media communities. <laughs> and I was like, that is not what I am looking for here. Where are the answers on the internet? But as you know, the answers are not on the internet always. Some of them are, like here in this podcast and uh, on my newsletter, but not all of the answers and not all of the communities that we really need. And I really think um, 
you know, this is such an important question because community is a need as deep as food or love for humans, but we give it much shorter shrift than most of the other things that we spend our time focusing on. And I also think that this is actually an incredibly a, a structural problem, right? Um, this is not something that you are doing wrong. It's something that community is not built in or baked into our society anymore. Structurally, we have created in the last few decades or centuries, at least, a society where we are valuing the individual, where we work on living alone, where we work on focusing on our careers, where we work on building up ourselves and our own skills, um, I think at the sacrifice of, of the community or the collective. And structurally, that means it is very hard for any one of us to sort of be the person who fixes that in our own lives or for others. Because much like racism or sexism or the patriarchy, those things are baked into the foundation of society as we have created it today. And making serious changes there are going to require huge, massive dismantling that is going to take still a really long time. It doesn't mean that it's not worth working on. It just means that this is a problem that doesn't have an easy answer. Um, so we have to work to change that structure. And I think I see some of that happening in the world today, and you might too. Um, changing that structure may be something like having living situations that are sort of considered a little bit abnormal. Maybe you're living with a bunch of friends in your 40s, or you have a bunch of couples living together with their kids in a big group house. You know, I'm not like thinking exactly communes, but something like that. You know, those things are becoming more acceptable. And to me, that is a more structural change as we view those those sorts of um, living situations as more normal. That is a structural change that we are fitting into our society that is helping adjust our need of community. But that's still slow going, right? Um, we are living alone more than ever. We are on our phones more than ever and not connecting with people. We are, I think, more adverse to vulnerability and risk than ever before, which makes it hard to join communities because we want to sort of avoid the possibility of being rejected or having that not work out. Um, and that's sort of Western American culture for you. You know, this is this is where a lot of possibly okay things have come out of the Western European and American approach to things, some good things. I'm trying to struggle to think of any at this point. But a lot have been sacrificed for uh, our focus on the individual and on our careers and not on ourselves as a member of a community or a larger good. So if you feel lonely or disconnected right now, it's not your fault. It's not something that you were doing wrong. It's just that our society is not help, is not set up really to help us all find that community right now. So please don't think that there's something wrong with you or that you're failing in some particular way. It, this is a true challenge for everybody. I, you know, I'm a very social person and this has been a challenge for me. And I know plenty of people who, regardless of their age, regardless of their marital status, regardless of if they have kids or not, absolutely all struggle with this one essential question of finding or creating a community that really aligns with their values and who they are and makes them feel like part of a bigger whole. So I do think there are some things that you can do um, to help you figure out what's critical for you in a community and some ways that you can either find or create that community. As usual with my answers, it does require a bit of reflection and sort of maybe some thinking backwards on your part, you know. What are, you, what are you thinking about um, in terms of your needs and desires and how can we work backwards from there to articulate them and then take steps to move forward? So I'm going to talk about a few things. Um, I think it's worth figuring out why you need a community and what you want from a community. I think it's worth thinking about possible barriers or blocks that you might have towards starting or joining a community and how to remove them. Excuse me. You mentioned that there are a lot of barriers and 
you know, getting just getting out there can be the hardest part. So how can we, you know, make that a little bit easier for people? Uh, I think it's worth thinking about what you would bring to a community in terms of value and energy and skills and thinking about what different kind of communities can bring to you and then executing, right? Like where can we start to find these communities? Where can we start to create these communities together? What are some actual resources or places to look? So I'll talk about that towards the end. But first, when I talk about a community and understanding your needs and what you're hoping to get out of a community, I think it's worth thinking about specifically your values, goals, and interests in this world and what you're hoping um, to get out of a community, right? Like, I think a lot of us are like, well, I just want to be less lonely, you know, or I want to feel part of a bigger whole. And those are completely valid answers and, and worth including, but let's get more specific, right? You know, you might be hoping for companionship out of a community. You might be hoping to learn new skills. You might be hoping to find a friend that you can call and, you know, put as your emergency contact. You might just be looking to socialize two times a week, and that's really it. I think it's worth getting specific about what your hope is with the community and sort of designing backwards from there because it will it will sort of like um, make clear some things that will get you on a path forward towards a better community. And I always think about this uh, in an article that Tara Parker Pope wrote for the New York Times a few years ago about sort of, I think it was called like Designing Your Life. There was some book that she was writing about. And she was writing about weight loss, not community, but I think this is an interesting application. And I reference it actually a lot because I think it's so useful. She had gained like 30 or 40 pounds and was kind of embarrassed about her weight gain and like had tried every diet out there and just couldn't sort of lose the extra weight that she wanted to. Um, and instead of, you know, jumping on another diet that she knew probably wouldn't work out, she read this book and was encouraged to think more holistically about why does she want to lose weight and what was she hoping to feel like? you know, once she lost that weight, what were the feelings that she thought would come up for her, the things that would actually make her happier. And what she discovered is that she was hoping for more energy. She was hoping for more socialization because she hadn't gone out because she'd been embarrassed about her weight gain, so hadn't seen friends. And she was just hoping to feel like a little bit better about her appearance overall. So she thought about those things and she um, started to get better sleep in order to help her get more energy. She uh, went ahead and started socializing more, even though she was feeling a little bit embarrassed about her weight gain. She just went out there and did it. And she bought clothes that fit her better and she felt more comfortable in. And those were the things that sort of were what were really important to her. And sort of by focusing on those things, she ended up losing, I don't know if it was connected or not, she ended up losing about 25 pounds anyways and feeling better about her place in the world. So this is what I mean when I say it's worth thinking about what are you really hoping to get out of a community? What are the feelings in your body and your mind and your spirit that you're hoping for, that you're hoping to be answered and working backwards from there? So moving on to barriers, I think this is a huge one. It's not Especially with the internet, it's not necessarily difficult to identify a community that you could join. There are tons of things to show up to, um, lots of groups to join, lots of exercise classes or meetups or, you know, all sorts of things, right? But it's really hard um, because to me, it involves two different things. It involves risk and vulnerability, and it involves the fact that we haven't been trained to uh, or have a lot of experience with tolerating risk and vulnerability. 
So risk and vulnerability, the first part, I think, are hopefully self-explanatory. You know, there are a lot of potential risks involved in going out to socialize. You might not hit it off with any of the people. You might show up and have nobody to talk to. And then you're like stuck in the corner all night with your phone. You might not like any of them. Um, you know, there's sorts, all sorts of things where you're exposing yourself to a new social setting where you're going to be very vulnerable. And that is very, very scary. Um, rejection is hard and nobody wants to deal with it. So, and the fact is, so the second part is we haven't had a lot of avenues for getting used to like rejection or being vulnerable. And so because we haven't experienced much rejection or hardship potentially in our social lives, or we've been shielded from it because we can easily just go back and like play on our phones or watch Netflix, we haven't had a lot of opportunities to to get used to it or to tolerate it. So it feels very damaging and very terrifying when we put ourselves in new situations where we could be rejected and we are taking a risk in terms of our vulnerability and connecting with other people and it might not work out. Um, so I think I always say to people that I'm working with, somebody has to go first, right? Like you just have to go out there and take that risk. And you sort of have to think about it um, as potential rejections as like an upside, right? You might want to go out and like go to four new social settings a, a month. And, you know, I don't I don't think you're going to be necessarily rejected at the social settings, but if they feel uncomfortable or a little weird, and it doesn't totally work out, at least you've tried it and that's a win, right? Like you've gone out there and you've taken that first step. And what you're doing is learning to, um, training yourself to uh, tolerate vulnerability and risk. So it becomes less scary. So you can go out more and more to different social settings and that you can totally know and feel that you are going to be okay, even if that social setting is sort of awkward and strange and it doesn't really work out and you don't meet your new best friend. Um, the, the training of the exposure of being more vulnerable of the risk is worth it in itself. Um, so I think it's really worth thinking about where can you take a little bit of a risk and think of it as framing as um, you are exposing yourself to risk and vulnerability just by going. And you have to build that muscle, right? Because connection with human beings, the upside is when it works, it's, it's so amazing and so wonderful. The downside is when it doesn't work, it does feel very harmful and rejecting. Um, but you have to learn to sort of get that muscle trained so that rejection doesn't become so identity threatening that you can barely tolerate the thought of it. And then you're just like living like a functional hermit, like me the past couple of days in your home, not talking to anybody, you know, that is safe for sure. But that's disconnect. You don't want that. I also think um, moving on to a different topic, understanding what you bring to a community and how you could fit into a potential community can be really useful. You know, what kind of community member are you? And when I talk about this, I'm thinking a lot about the exercise Strengths Finders, which is generally like a personality test that is often given at workplaces. And I have taken it at my workplace. And it sort of helps you understand what are your top five strengths, right? Like talents. Um, you might be really good at, well, for example, my number one strength is activator right? Um, my number two is communications. So I'm really good at activating, which means I'm really good at executing. If I get an idea, I can run with it. I can email everybody. I can set a date, I set a location. Like I'm going to like put something into emotion, into motion because I'm a good executor. I'm a good communicator, which means that I can, you know, talk. I talk good, <laughs> right? You know, I am able to express sort of what I'm thinking about, um, well in written manners and in verbal manners. Um, now, all of, almost all, except for my number one activator, uh, is in one of the four domains. Um, 
that is a relationship building domain. And according to Strengths Finders, there are four different domains of strength. There are executions, there's influencing, there's relationship building, and there's strategic. I have no strengths in strategic. So like I'm not very good at thinking big picture, but I am good at like relationship building, at like creating coalitions, at uh, seeing, developing people, relating to people. So it could be worth taking the strengths finders and understanding like, are you somebody who's really good at executing or are you somebody that's better at uh, joining in a different way? What sort of energy or value could you bring to a community? You know, if you have no strengths in the executing um, domain, it may just mean that you, your energies should not be put towards creating or starting a community, right? Because that's going to take a lot of energy out of you and it may not be what you're really good at. You may be good at a completely different aspect. You may be better at joining and supporting a community group in that way. Um, so it's worth understanding sort of like what are your personality strengths and how could those be applied and approached to a community? So check out Strengths Finders. I think you can take it for like $15 online or something. Um, and I think it's also worth understanding what different communities can bring to you, much like you know a, a romantic partner or a spouse cannot be, that one person cannot be everything to you. One community cannot necessarily be everything to you. I wrote a piece a while back and I'll link to it in the show notes and I called it my my ABCs of creating a club. It talks about the different strategies I take to connect with different people in different communities. Um, sort of identifying different friends, their styles and my interactions with them and then trying my best to interact with them in, in those ways. For example, I have friends that I know are always going to be up for camping with me. And I have friends who are interested in running with me. Um, I have friends who are great for grabbing a beer after work. And I have friends who um, are big planners. So I'd have to like plan a couple of weeks ahead to really get on their radar or vice versa. And I have more spontaneous friends that I know like if I tried to plan something super advanced with them, they're not going to necessarily work out with that. But they'd be great to text like Saturday night and see what they're up to. So identifying different communities and different ways of joining those communities and understanding what those communities can mean to you in different ways of your life. You know, um, you have a community or friends that may just be like emotional support. Like those are the people you call when you're sick or when you really need somebody to talk to. You might have like, I wouldn't call them like second tier friends. That sounds really, that's not what I mean. Just more casual friends and casual friends are fine. Those are great too. Like those are the ones maybe you'd grab a beer with or go see like a basketball game with. Um, but you wouldn't have like a deep, meaningful into the night conversation with them. Um, you need all sorts of different kinds of communities and friends. So it's worth identifying what kinds you need and, and what people can bring back to you and what communities can bring to you. So I'll link to that piece in the show notes and you can read that. I might offer some advice. Okay, so now the hard part is executing um, and finding these communities, right? So it's actually, thanks to the internet, as much as the internet has isolated us, I think they're obviously using the internet as the way to like find our way back into communities. Um, there are tons of groups, Facebook groups for podcasts and shows, and they have subgroups that are often geographically oriented. So like Forever 35, which is a great podcast that probably a lot of you listen to, have um, like a New York City subgroup and a DC subgroup that recently had a meetup. And the people in those subgroups are like super interested in hanging out with other people, right? So it's like a ready-made community for people who are eager to also meet other people. So you're not risking as much by joining those groups and showing up to those meetups, even if you don't know anybody. So I would check out some subgroups that you could find. Meetup.com, I think, doesn't get 
like the recognition it necessarily deserves. I have used it a couple of times and I know a lot of friends when they've moved to new cities have used it and it's like super specific. I mean, you could find somebody like women over 50 who like hiking or people who love pugs (laughs) or, you know, a knitting group or, you know, new to the city. There's a lot of groups on Meetup. You just have to find a specific one that sounds sort of active and friendly and, and join it. And I think the benefit of Meetup is that you have an activator or somebody who's probably good at being in charge and creating that group and helping it stick together, who is interested in new people coming, who can be like a little friendly to you and help get you a little bit more um, ingratiated into the group. Um, there's lots of newsletters out there like mine. Um, Sunday Soother, I'm trying to find a time and a place to do some activities for DC readers. Girls Night Inn has book clubs in cities all over the US. Um, so it's worth finding again some different uh, like media, whether it's different blogs or newsletters who have geographically targeted meetups for those readers. It's a great way to meet new people. And I think it's worth thinking about places, you know, I talked about this as a structural issue beforehand, right? Like that our society doesn't have, or we've dissolved the structures that were built in to help us feel part of a community. But there are some places out there who are taking care of that structure. So this may be good if you're not somebody who's interested in creating a community, but joining a community. Um, I've never gone to CrossFit and I know a lot of people have problems with it, but it seems to me that they've solved for some of the structural issues of community, right? Like you have a place where you meet. It meets regularly at, you know, scheduled different times. There are um, lots of other new people there. You're all working out in a common cause together to get totally ripped or whatever. And they have social activities outside of the works, um, the workouts. Um, I'm not religious, but churches are obviously a great place for built-in communities who are interested in finding new people to join. And if you're not like, you know, totally religious, religious, like Christianity or whatever, um, Unitarianism can be a good place to check out. It's like less from what I understand, and I'm sort of speaking out of my butt here, I don't really know, but a little less on the religious aspect and more on like a humanistic approach and thinking about what it means to be a person in the world. Um, You know, activities, choirs, running groups. um, There's lots of different opportunities that you should be able to find and you just really got to take that step forward and just try one out. You know, make a goal for yourself. Try one new community a month and that's a small group and like I said then you are going to be working on building up that muscle to expose yourself to risk and vulnerability um, and, and it'll get easier and easier to like keep trying to find different communities and eventually settle into one there's a couple of books that I think could be useful um, to talk about uh, thoughts about vulnerability and creating connection and joining communities Um, There's one by Emily White called Count Me In, How I Stepped Off the Sidelines, Created Connection, and Built a Fuller, Richer, More Lived-In Life. Um, And this woman writes a little bit about her journey in terms of uh, creating a roadmap for a person. It's like a personal memoir and research that shows how she sort of looks into like her upbringing and her current life and how can she join more communities in contemporary culture. And there is also uh, Brene Brown. People love her. I love her. She wrote Braving the Wilderness, The Quest for True Belonging and the Courage to Stand Alone. And I'll read a little bit of the description here. And I think it'll resonate with a lot of us. Brene Brown argues that we're experiencing a spiritual crisis of disconnection. And she introduces four practices of true belonging that challenge everything we believe about ourselves and each other. 
She writes, true belonging requires us to believe in and belong to ourselves so fully that we can find sacredness both in being a part of something and in standing alone when necessary. But in a culture that's rife with perfectionism and pleasing, and with the erosion of civility, it's easy to stay quiet, hide in our ideological bunkers, or fit in rather than show up as our true selves and brave the wilderness of uncertainty and criticism. So I think this is a book that's for anybody who's interested in understanding more how to be in a community and how to truly be themselves in a community, that is a, a great read. So reader, I thank you so much for your question. You are not alone in this. Um, remember that everybody is struggling with this. Our society is structurally has sort of failed us in helping us to um, create and join communities. And so we're all going to have to work together to find our way back there. But I hope that some of these tips that I've mentioned are going to be a little bit useful for you. And I hope you find your community. And I think you will. It's just a matter of giving it a shot and trying out um, some risks and vulnerability and some new approaches. So I want to close on my newish segment that I introduced last week called Thoughts and Happiness. Sort of mention one thought I've been thinking about this week that helps me sort of reframe an interesting issue. And one thing that's bringing me a little bit of joy. So for the thought, I've been going to... um, I've been going to a rolfer. Do you guys know what rolfing is? R-O-L-F. It's sort of a a fascia alignment massage thing that helps like, I don't know, people with injuries or people like me whose shoulders are up here by my ears, um, open up a little bit more and align and feel a little bit more comfortable in their bodies. It's sort of like a combination of gentle massage and general alignment stuff. And I was talking to the woman who is rolfing which is such a strange term. And she was talking about how it's so common to see injuries from workplaces and people sitting at their computers all hunched up like this. Um, And she said one way to correct for that, she actually said what's interesting is that one of the reasons that that happens so much is that we're all energetically drawn towards our computers. So like our body, our eyes, our ears, and our minds are all like shooting forward on our computers. And she says uh, it's worth a couple of times a day sitting up and listening behind you. And then that brings back your energy into a different direction. And it brings back, you know, your perception and your, your, your whole attention into a completely different direction than you're used to going, which is forward, forward, forward. So stop a couple times this week and see if you can listen to behind what's behind you. Active listening, sort of, you may have to identify. Is there a sound back there? Is that my, is that my air conditioning? Is it the traffic, what's behind me. And pay attention to how it kind of can move your entire body and and perception and being sort of in a different way. I thought that was so interesting and I loved that. And as for happiness, what's bringing me a little bit of joy this week is a new essential oil I picked up. It's called white musk. Sounds like something I guess I might've worn when I was 14, but this is actually really nice. I got this off Amazon. It's Eternal Essence White Musk. That's what it smells like like a very soapy, clean tree, which is a strange description. But it's sort of clean and fresh at the same time while being a little bit woodsy, which is a scent that I really like. And because it's an essential oil, you can just dab a little bit on. And I get a little, like, wafts of it throughout the day. And every time I get a little a little scent, I'm like, oh, I smell so good. I love that. So check out the, uh, I'll link to that white musk in the show notes. So those are things I'm thinking about and that are bringing me joy this week. And with that, that is it for today, for today's Sunday Soother Advice Cast. 
If you have questions or advice and ideas for the topics we discussed on today's show, or if you want to talk back to the listener who wrote in about building communities and talk about success stories or ways you have found your own community, I would love to hear your questions, your thoughts, anything. Please email me at kathdandrews at gmail.com. Leave me a voicemail at 202-525-6558 or head to tinyletter.com slash candrews to submit your thoughts and questions there. Thanks so much for listening, and here's to living in the week ahead with lots of thoughtfulness, connection, and meaning.